Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Our guest is Victoria Green, CIO of G Squared Private Wealth. Victoria, a lot of views expressed uh, just by looking at the market action. For me, the key line was that the Fed wants to get real rates positive all across the curve. Powell said that even a sort of the benign reading of core PCE is above 4.5%. So that's likely where we're going, and we're going there in a hurry. And although – so it's, it's hard to expect any pause. I wouldn't say that the, 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 the pivot is dead, but it, need, it won't be resuscitated for some period of time. <laughs> The pivot's like transitory. The pivot's definitely dead. It'll come at some point, but it's way down the road. And, and Powell's really used this entire month after Jackson Hole to try to rip the Band-Aid off and reset the market expectations that had gotten in front of itself. Everybody got excited. And then briefly, even today, we had this moment of euphoria that this is peacockishness. It's going to get better. But then again, reality came smack the markets down. I mean, we had like a 120-point round trip in the S&P 500 between where we went to peak to ending down 1.7. It's about 3% total move. It was a pretty volatile day. So, I mean, what next? Uh, you know, we've also got QT in the mix. It, you know, isn't there a feeling out there as well, perhaps, that uh, Jay Powell should be just giving a little bit of time now for these interest rate hikes to play into the economy and see no. what they've done? And I think that's what 23 is for. I mean, they really slowed down dramatically after 22. I think they're in a hurry to try to get in front of this. But even today, I think one of his biggest tacit admissions was, one, it is going to push into a recession. He danced around it, but I feel like it was implied very strongly that it's going to get a push into recession. And then, two, he talked about housing and how difficult that is and how much the housing market's going to have to come down. And the problem is housing and medical are so much a part of that core PCE, it's going to be really hard to get those sticky numbers down. But I think you've got, you know, you may see 75.50, you know, another 100, 125 basis points this year. But then the trajectory really slows and it becomes more about QT and monetary supply. And I think people need to be aware of where we are in the economic cycle and the market cycle. Um, I always think it's interesting. The markets are going to lead us out of this. The markets led us into it and started, you know, kind of panicking before the Fed panicked. Uh, and then the markets will bottom out and lead us out of it before necessarily the pev- Fed pivots because the Fed's always kind of backward looking and lagging. And that's one of the complaints about this current trajectory is that yeah. because their effect has such a lag, it's going to, to be too little, too late. And by the time they realize they need to slow down, it's already out of control into the recession. You, you could tell when he started talking that, you know, he wanted to get the point out there that um, at some point there will be a pause. Uh, and the markets feasted on that and started going higher. But reality set in. And, and basically, I think it boils down to how do you get the rate of inflation to decline faster than growth in jobs? And it's probably almost impossible to do. He's admitting it's a very tall order. It's called a recession. 
That's the only way. Well, you that's do it. it. That's the yeah. only. Way. I mean, nobody likes to use that. What was it in West Wing? We called it the bagel. Nobody likes to talk about the bagel, right? It, it's it's not fun. And I know I may sound glib here. Recessions are serious. People lose their jobs, lose their home. Mortality rate rises during periods of recessions, and so it's a very serious incident we're talking about in our economy. But if you don't see the slowdown coming, I really think you need to to take off your rose-colored glasses and look at where we are in the cycle. We are contracting. We have yeah. not hit bottom yet. Victoria, how does this change your narrative? I mean, if you've got peak inflation, right, and uh, peak hawkishness, if you will, um, give us a sense of how that changes and how your uh, your strategy evolves. Well, I think today that's arrived with the move up about 100 basis points on the dot plot. You know, we have been defensive, and we thought this was, you know, this rally off the June lows wasn't the rally out. It was a bear market rally, and then you saw the classic head and shoulders top form. Now we keep pushing, you know, lower highs, which often signal lower lows. So I think you're going to retest the 36, 3400. I also think that at Tina, you know, there is no alternative to equities, is rapidly changing as this front end kind of becomes attractive, especially as you maybe have another 125 basis points. At some point, then you basically fully priced in, and people are going to start looking at these treasuries as a very attractive parking place. So I think it's still risk-off and defensive for me, value over growth. I want companies with strong balance sheets, strong cash flows, dividends. Be boring is, is kind of our mantra this year, and obviously don't fight the Fed. Um, I think sometimes investors get impatient. And they, they, they can't just wait a few months. You know, September's a bad month historically. If you look at seasonality, October's a little weaker. And I think sometimes you just need to be a little patient and let this bear market play out. Right now, you're in a very normal, classic bear market. It usually lasts, mm. you know, 9 to 12 months, 25 to 30% down on average. And, and we're right around there. So if you wait this out a little bit longer, I just think you don't want to have FOMO either way. I think people Well, it could to be tough, though. In. I mean, if if you know if if you stay up there, if rates stay, if you get to real rates positive, that's bad for assets, uh, real assets. Oh, God, yeah. And if you stay there, and if you stay there, then it's tricky. But I guess the assumption at the long end is that longer term inflation uh, expectations are somewhat um, somewhat normal, uh, and that they probably will have to come down quickly. Do you think that they've gone up quickly and they will have to come down quickly, or do you think that we'll you know, sort of stay up at high levels. They will, but I mean, he is in love with what happened with Buckler in the uh, Buckler, sorry, in the 80s, and I think he really doesn't want to do start stop, start stop in the 1970s. So I think you have to look at this as a little bit of a commitment to staying where we are through 23. He has tried to let this, you know, his runway right now. You know, obviously that can change if liquidity uh, completely dries up, if unemployment shoots to five or six percent. You know, it's right now with the data, his commitment is he doesn't want to start stop. So I think you want to listen to Powell, and it's going to take us a little bit longer. I don't think he's really going to start easing until you actually see a sustained improvement in inflation. And the inflation numbers year over year are going to come down just because they're, you're resetting higher every month. You know, you're starting to, to get to mm. the point where we're entering an area once we hit January, February of next year, obviously inflation could easily come down slightly just because we're coming off of elevated prices. Tell me here as well, Victoria, I mean, what about tech? Tech doesn't have a good history during uh, times of a slowdown. 
No, and I think it's early on innovation. I hate to hate on Kathy Wood and the ARC phones. Innovation's fantastic, but during times of stress, you kind of want your big old ugly. So you want everybody that has good cash flow, good balance sheets. They're not having to borrow to expand, uh, and and they have actually recurring revenues that are defensible and, and good moats. So I think tech growth and innovation right now is is a expensive place to be, even with multiples falling. It doesn't matter if multiples are falling if earnings are going to come down as well. And so you know part of that PE equation is what happens to the E, and I think some of those E's are very, that have not come down far enough on, on some of the more aggressive tech. And, and remember, growth stocks are longer duration, and I don't think you want to own as much of that right now, because duration when real rates are coming up hurts. So how much of a portfolio would you put into some of these short-term fixed income securities? Uh, that's always, to me, it's dependent on your liquidity needs and, and your risk tolerance. And I know that I'm hedging there, and that's not, it's a non-answer. But, you know, I think it, it depends on, on your, your ability to wait this out, how aggressive you want to get with buying. But I do think people need to understand their cash flows are coming over the next 12 to 18 months and make sure you have enough that you're not forced to sell something because that's the, really the only way you technically destroy value is if you are forced to sell or you capitulate and sell when the market's down. You know, we all tend to want to violate the, the prime directive of investing of buy low, sell high. That's all Victoria. well and good until the market, stock market crashes. Victoria, always a pleasure. Thank you very much indeed, Victoria Green, the CIO of G Squared Private Wealth and her take on the Fed and beyond. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.